In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And welcome, everybody, on this wonderful Monday. I am truly feeling blessed today. My mom has been visiting for about a week now. We've got another week to go. And you know what? Mom is 90 years old, and I'm embarrassed to say that she can outwalk me in the shopping mall. (laughs) I have found that out on several occasions during the last week. Oh, my gosh. The woman's energy is endless. It's so fabulous. I am so blessed to have her here. So it's been a wonderful week for me and I'm going into another wonderful week and I I sure hope the same for you. And so I have a question about creating those wonderful weeks and days and moments and years in your life. How important do you think mindset is when it comes to achieving that happiness and the success that you look for and achieving the things that you desire in your life? Does it matter what your thoughts are, what your attitude is, or can anyone, regardless of attitude, find their dream life and and, and build success in business or career or wherever you're looking for it? Now, Nancy Butler has found the answer to those questions, and today she joins us to share her story and tell us how to achieve our own dreams by improving the mindset and taking control of your life. In 1981, Nancy Butler started her own business as a single parent and with no incoming child support, alimony, or anything else. And she learned to raise that family on her own while building a business from scratch. But those challenges didn't seem to slow her down much because you know what? She built that financial planning practice to a staggering $200 million business, $200 million financial planning business. In 2007, Nancy sold that practice. And now she's a national speaker and a consultant to top financial advisors in different parts of the country. I I think she's well qualified. What do you think? (laughs) Nancy's been quoted in many local and national publications, including USA Today, and Norwich Bulletin and others. And she's been a guest on several television and radio talk shows. And I'm really pleased and honored to introduce her here on the Million Dollar Mindset. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. 
Well, I'm so, so excited because, you know, I work with business owners every single day who are attempting to do exactly what you've done. And a lot of single moms out there trying to work from home, you know, and working from home doesn't mean that you don't have the kids around and and you don't have those other interruptions. And so it's crazy. So Nancy, give us some insight. How in the heck did you do it? Mindset is so important, and initially I didn't realize that, and it was really difficult to pull it all together, because if you think about it, I was in the middle of a divorce. Um, I took my children. I moved 70 miles away, which meant that I also had no job. I had very little money, no child support, no alimony. I'd never been on my own a day in my life prior to this. I went from being with parents to being married. And now I was going to be on my own and need to support the three of us. (sighs) So first of all, it's the woe is me part that sets in. And it's like, why am I here? What am I good for? I'm not good at marriage. I'm not good at a job because I don't have it anymore. I'm not good at anything. So why am I even here? I didn't know what I liked to eat. I didn't know what I liked to wear. I didn't know who I was. I hadn't a clue. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even sure that I was going to get the children at that point because he had said that he might want to have them. Well, once I got the children... Then I realized that it wasn't woe is me anymore. I had to stop thinking about what things look like today and instead what life I could make for us going forward. And what did I need to do to assure our long-term success and happiness? Because it wasn't just my success and happiness anymore. It was now the three of us. So on the personal side, that was kind of the mindset and how it evolved over time. On the business side, at the new location when I moved 70 miles, I was offered a salaried position at a lot higher than I had ever made before, and I turned it down. And the reason for that was I realized that they were hiring me at the top of the ladder, leaving me no place to grow. I also realized that what I needed was a career and not a job. I chose the financial planning and asset management field because I knew that no matter how long I was in it, you never arrive. There is no end. It can grow and grow and grow until you decide you don't want to grow it anymore. And when I saw what the future was, that's when I thought that would work out for me. However, I had never owned a CD, never had a mutual fund, didn't even know what it was. Never heard of an annuity, didn't have life insurance, didn't know about disability, didn't know about any of those things. The only thing I had was a small savings account when I left, and that was it. And so actually, when I took the job, my mindset was none of the other things I just mentioned. It was more, gee, even if the job doesn't work out, What I'll learn to be able to manage my own finances and raise these children will have been worth the experience alone. So I'm going to take this job because it has future potential and because of the knowledge that I'll gain whether I end up liking and staying with the job or not. And it's 30 years later. So 
It did work out. It did work out really well. It sure did. And so in spite of all of the fears you had on that personal level, you managed to find the one really bright and shining star about taking this job. That's amazing. And, you know, something I'm looking at here, 1981, Nancy, I mean, that doesn't sound like so long ago. When you think of the advances and the changes in our society in terms of mindset and single parenting and all of the support that's here today that wasn't there back in 1981. You did this in a really difficult time. We had no cell phones. We had no computers. (laughs) I used a typewriter, believe it or not. I mean, it was amazing. Oh, Um, my goodness. And I had to drive an hour and a half once a week just to training because there was nothing local and they didn't have Internet at that point. Yeah, you couldn't even go online to do a little homework and studying about this industry. None. I would sit at the library. Uh, yeah, and it was a man's industry back at that time, too. And it's funny you like say it. that because one year after I started, I had achieved some really big uh, points in my career. And they sent me off to a conference with 2,000 people. And of the 2,000 people, there were 20 women. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you so crazy. you're right. It, it was pretty much a, a man's career. It's not anymore, but it was back then. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So the next thing I had to do was education. If I knew nothing about this, how could I help other people? How could I charge people and make a business of this? So what I did was I knew that at some point I'd be needing to put my children through school. So I figured out the timing of it all and put myself through school first. And I became a certified financial planner, certified long-term care specialist. And then I also, believe it or not, received my certified divorce financial analyst designation. And I've actually testified in court as an expert witness for divorce now. And I help people through fair financial divorce settlements and helping them understand what the potential future for them is financially. So I kind of took the problems I had and used it to turn around to help other people. You sure did. And that's a part of a million dollar mindset is, is creating that spin. So important. Yeah. And, and I have two daughters. So it was also a matter of having them see what a woman could do. That there is no ceiling, that you can pretty much do anything you want in life. You just have to want to bad enough. And I'll tell you what you need to do to have what, what it is you said you want. And if you're willing to do those things, you'll have it. And if you're not, you won't. And then forget about it and go on and find something else that's important to you. Because it's not really that important if you're not willing to do what's necessary. So... It was necessary to get the training, to set up a business from scratch, to look at something that was going to give me an entire open-ended future that wasn't a dead end like that salary job would have been. Right, right. You were really looking at the big picture in spite of everything that was going on in your life. And that can be very hard for most of us because we know... What we have to deal with today, and if we can't get over the problems of today, how can we possibly be dealing with tomorrow? And in the financial planning business, and I think it's the same with a lot of businesses and for a lot of people, it's a long time from when you first meet your client until you actually make any money. I mean, it can be six weeks to two months. 
So I was always concentrating my marketing on where am I getting my clients to in three months from now, not who am I seeing tomorrow, because if I'm worried about who I'm seeing tomorrow, then I'm already too late. And so I would always be working on where my clients were coming from two and three and four months out. And that way, after, I would say after about a year, I was pretty much booked six weeks in advance all for the rest of the 24 years. That's a fantastic, fantastic point. We're going to be going into a break in a, in, in less than a minute, but I, you know, this is such a timely point you make. I was speaking to someone just the other day about casting that wide net in sales. And, you know, I see that a lot of people tend to get a few prospects in that pipeline and just kind of sit around and wait for things to happen with those prospects and concentrate on what I can do next to entice them further and, and, and close rather than really casting that wide net and getting lots of prospects in the pipeline. So it's a really important point you make. We are going into break and we are here having just a nice conversation with Nancy Butler and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. 
And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with Nancy Butler, whom you will find at AboveAllElse.org. AboveAllElse.org. And I'd like to invite you to join us in the chat room and ask any questions of Nancy, make comments on the shows, whatever it is, is your heart's desire, or to call in to the show live at 877 Six four four eight six nine. So, Nancy, thanks again for being here. This is just such a delightful conversation. My goodness, you've you've really battled the odds and come out on top. So, how long did it take you to build your business from the time you actually started your own business to the time that you sold your business successfully? Oh, that's a good question, and I guess it depends on what you mean by how long it took me to build the business, because I held it for 25 years before I mm. sold it, Okay, but I would say the first five years was really pulling it all together and growing and developing and coming up with systems and making sure that it was pretty much what I call autopilot. Mm-hmm. Again, the thought process is if I'm a single parent and owning my own business is my only source of income, what happens if I get sick? What happens right. if, and that did happen one year. I was very ill. I was in and out of the mm-hmm. hospital for like six months. And oh. so how do you run your business from a hospital bed? And, and how do you keep the income coming in? So Jeez. it was always working on systems and making sure things were set up properly. And I would say it mm-hmm. took five years for me to feel real comfortable with that, but it mm-hmm. took 25 years to feel that I had really, really evolved to the point that about seven years before I sold my business, I went out and started interviewing other people to take over my business because I knew that at some point I was going to want to sell it. But what would they be buying if the clients were working with me and I'm the one that left? Then the clients would leave also. And also, I wasn't leaving the area, and it was real important to me that I could walk down the street, 70, 80, 90 years old, 60 years old, and see clients and feel great about the position I left them in. So I started interviewing other people, worked with them for a while until I found somebody I was comfortable with, and then about six years before I sold the practice, I signed legal documents when my last day of work was going to be. Wow. And I worked with that person to get them up to speed, learn my practice. I wanted my staff to all have jobs. And Mm -hmm. it's now four years later, because it was 2007. It's a little over four years. And the staff are all there. The clients are all there. And the business Mm -hmm. is doing great. Wow. And that that's that's remarkable. You are quite the planner. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. I think I've always been a planner, probably since the day I was born. It's funny, I will mention this on the personal side. I am remarried. He and I dated for 10 years before we got married because we planned when was the right time for that to happen. They were going to count his income and assets against my children getting financial aid for school. So we waited till I filled out the last financial aid form and then we got married. <laughs> so I am a planner. Yeah, you are. And I'm curious if you if you met your current husband at one of these events where there were, you know, 2,000 men and 20 women. <laughs> no, he was not with this company. 
<laughs> no, oh, he was not. Wow. Well, you know, your story about the business brings us to such a well-discussed topic in, in coaching, and that is how small business owners, or solopreneurs especially, can really begin to let go of the reins in, in doing the things that they really ought not be doing if they want to grow the business. And the biggest obstacles that I come across, my clients' obstacles, are, are twofold. Um, finding the financial resources to hire someone and finding people that they trust and who could who can do the job quote unquote as well as they can. So what kind of feedback do you have for for these clients? I have some really good information for you on how I dealt with that. Remember I just said that I was interviewing other people to bring into the practice. Yes. Well, I've always said, and I used to say this to my children all the time, most people spend more of their waking hours at work than anywhere else, more than with their family, friends, or any place else. And life is too short to go to work every day and not love what you do. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking to bring someone else into the practice, what I did was I first sat down and looked at all the things it takes to run this business successfully and figure out which ones I'm really good at and I love it. I could do it all day long and feel energized at the end of the day. Which things I'm good at, but I hate doing them. I'm only doing it because I know I have to to be successful. And which things I'm lousy at and someone else really should be doing it, not me. (laughs) And then when I started interviewing other people and got to a point where I thought the person was going to work out, I put him through the same thing. And my goal was not to find a clone of me but to find someone who was really good at and loved doing all the things that I'm not good at or don't like doing. Mm. And if we could have a business where he did everything he loved and was good at and I did everything I loved and was good at and we hired people to do all the rest of the things and hired people that were good at and enjoyed doing those other things, what kind of a business would that be? Can you imagine going to work every day, doing the things you love to do that you're good at, and working with other people that are doing the same thing? So that's basically what we came up with. And I ended up finding someone who loved doing the opposite of what I love to do. We hired all new staff, trained them all into the right positions, and got to a point where it just was fabulous. It's, and that's me, that's really a key. Oh, yeah. I love the process, the creative process you went through to determine what to hire for. Um, And how about the financial resource piece of that? How can you suggest that, and again, especially the solopreneurs and the really small, small business owners who might only have an administrative assistant at this point or something, you know, how can they start finding those resources, those financial resources when they're barely taking home a paycheck? There's a couple of ways to look at that. Um, Initially, I realized in starting a business that getting in front of one person at a time was not going to build a business quickly enough, and I did not have money to go out and buy a practice or do huge marketing events and that type of thing. So what I decided was I needed to get in front of large groups of people quickly 
and I needed to do it in low cost as possible. I mean, I had very little money, again, being single parent and never knowing till I opened the envelope if I even had a paycheck that week. So what I did was I started, number one, getting very good at media relations. I would say I have been in the newspaper, on the radio, or on television, on average, probably once a month for 25 to 30 years. Mm-hmm. And okay. that costs almost nothing. Yeah. The, the second thing I did was uh, line of credit. If I needed to get a line of credit just in case... Too many weeks went by when income wasn't what I needed it to be. I had to have a way to feed my children. I mean, how could I put food on the table? It was that serious that I had to have a way to always put food on the table. So it's funny, though, what necessity can do to you. Mm -hmm. I think if I didn't have that kind of need, maybe I wouldn't have been as successful as I was. Because it really pushed me to have to work hard and have to bring the money in and find all the resources. So what kind of resources are there? Well, let me think. It depends, of course, on what business you're in, but I'll give an example for a different business. So, for example... When I, before I did this, I used to manage apartment complexes all over the state. And when I decided to leave there and look for another company to work for, the first thing I did was I went to all the town halls, looked up by street all of the apartment buildings everywhere in the county, and then it had the name of the owner and the address, and I could send them all a letter saying, here's my bio, this is what I do, looking for work, Um, I know I'd be great at helping you do this, 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 and this. And job offers poured in. Wow. It's a matter of knowing where to go and thinking out of the box. Library, for example. I got very good at, when it came to putting my kids through school, learning all the resources that are out there to pay for that. I ended up being able to put my children through school, and the situation was a little bit different, but I ended up without a dime of debt because it's learning the systems and learning what's available to you and and how to work it. Just like I said, my husband and I got married after I signed the last (laughs) form. Because it's learning what those systems look like and what makes a difference and what doesn't. So as far as running the business, there are also um, Internet now is just amazing. There are a lot of sites where you can get free business cards. Uh, You can do all kinds of things for little to no cost on the Internet, and I didn't have any of that. I was really starting from scratch. One of the things I used to do a lot that worked really well was news releases. Anytime I spoke anywhere or got a designation or went to a class or went to a meeting, I sent a news release to all the local papers. And they're free. Yeah. My, my goal was, you've probably heard this before, but in, for everyone they say, every three years there's a major financial event in a person's life on average every three years, whether it be a birth or a death or a marriage or a promotion or a bonus or you won the lottery or whatever it is. And I knew that a lot of these things that I was doing was not going to get me immediate business, but I wasn't here for the job. I was here for the long-term career. And I needed to build my name up in the public enough that when that event happens, then it was me they would think of. 
Wow. And you did a fabulous job of that. We're going into break in just a few seconds. I think that's, and with today with the internet now, it is so incredibly, incredibly easy to submit press releases um, and and to really get yourself in the paper at least once a week. Real quick, um, how long do you think an average person would have to do that if they submitted like once a month before they started seeing coverage come in? It depends on where you're at and what the rules are. The first thing I would do is probably connect with the person that you're sending it to and don't don't just send it blindly. Um, mm-hmm. Again, once a month is the maximum I would do. If you do it too much, they're going to think you're taking advantage. And we can cover this after your break. Okay. <laughs> Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Togedet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopri. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. Well, today's show is really chocked full of great information. So make sure and download this podcast when we're done. And please feel free to call in with your questions at 877-864-4869 or join us in the chat room and, and go ahead and put your questions in there and we'll see what we can do about answering those 
We're here with Nancy Butler. We're talking about one of my favorite business topics now, and it's uh, how to use media relations successfully and some little tips and tidbits on what you can do to get press coverage and uh, and really get your business moving through uh, press coverage. So good. Nancy, what do you got for us? Okay, a few things. First of all, when you're talking about news releases, they typically are free. Uh, I would not send it to the paper more than once a month if you make a pass to yourself, they'll stop using it. Also, look in the paper and see other press releases and try to write yours similar because if you give them too much information um, or you write it in a style that's not of that paper, they're going to cut it, they're going to chop it, and they're going to make it fit. And the ultimate results may not be your intent at all. It may come across differently because they don't know your industry, they don't know what you do, but they need to get it to fit their style. So I would first Mm -hmm. look and see what the paper looks like for other people that have sent it in and then do similar. Secondly, um, with media relations, one thing else I used to do, which is kind of funny, in the beginning, I was always afraid, even though I had an office, to ask people to come to my office. So I used to go to their homes to, to meet with them, which I haven't done that in a long time. But I did that back in the beginning. And I would listen to radio shows in between driving between different places. And even if I didn't like the show, I would listen to every local show I possibly could because I was trying to find talk shows similar to yours. And what I would do is, as soon as I heard there was a talk show, I'd pull the car over, I'd write down the name of the show, the name of the station, the time that it was on, and any other information I could get, like you just had a call-in phone number. And then later on that day or another day, I would call and offer my services as a speaker. And quite often, radio stations are looking for speakers. They need speakers. And if somebody would do that for me when I needed a speaker for an organization I belong to or whatever, that would have been fabulous. And I think what got me on that note of doing that was I also had belonged to, like, six or eight different nonprofit organizations. And a couple of them, it was my job to get speakers for our meetings. So I started thinking about it. Gee, if um, somebody could send me information about their ability to speak, that would be great because I don't know where I'm going to find someone. So I decided to turn it around, and I went to the local library, which you probably can do online now. But every library I found has a card file on all the local clubs and organizations, and it gives you what they're about, when they meet, where they meet, who to contact. And I just sent a letter to all of those twice a year. I did that for probably 15 years with my bio and a one-page cover letter saying, if you ever need a speaker on this topic, enclosed is my bio that shows my ability to speak for you on this topic. I'd love to be a speaker. If you can use my help, let me know. And after, I'd say, six months or a year of doing that, I spoke somewhere almost every month. Wow. Can I just say, Nancy, you are a woman before your time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, my goodness. People are just learning these little tips and tricks. And you were out there doing them many years ago. And I just applaud you for that. 
This is fabulous. Wow. Like I say, necessity, it's interesting. What yes. can get you to do yeah. all kinds of things you never would have thought of. <laughs> yeah, to really think outside of that box. And you do such a phenomenal job of that. And, you know, today, I'm always telling clients, you know, it's just so easy. Go on to Blog Talk Radio or find radio networks like this one we're on today here at TogiNet and, and do exactly what you did send in that media kit and uh you know guests be a guest on podcasts and such and guest blogging is another huge thing people can do today to really get word out there that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah and even with the linkedin and the oh boy twitter and facebook and all of that there's so many ways to connect with the public now and if it's a business linkedin usually is a good way to go for that for business yeah yeah, it, it really is a social network uh, boardroom, if you will. Yeah. What about television, Nancy? Do you have any insights um, for business owners who might like a segment on television, a television show? Depending on how developed and how profitable, how long you've been around, how well-known you are, will determine quite a bit on what types of shows you may be appropriate for. So if you're looking for Fox or one of those, probably not going to happen in your early career. You'd have to really make it to, to be there. But what I used to do was more of the local television shows, and those are not difficult at all. And again, just like with the radio, I would watch them. I would see who's doing talk shows. I even looked to put together a talk show. I don't know if um, your listeners are aware, but I I know that there's a law, and I'm not sure. I don't think it's just Connecticut. I think it's a federal law, but you'll have to check in your area to make sure that um, all cable stations are required to have a certain amount of public availability of programming mm-hmm. free of charge. And so anyone can pretty much go to a cable station and ask what's available and what can I do here. And I even looked at putting together my own radio, my own television show. And what I thought I would do is if you're in a business that people go to college for locally, that I would connect with the college, see if I could get them to come in to put the show together for me, run it for me, and if I could get them college credits for it, then I wouldn't have to pay them for all the work. They'd get the credits, and I don't have time to put all that together. Mm -hmm. But I could show up. I could have the speakers. So there's a lot of things you can do. You just need to think out of the box. And you have to know what's out there. So I would start by um, contacting the local cable stations and see if they have something available in your area. And I would not be surprised at all. The chances are they do. Yeah, yeah, that is such a great idea. People forget about that. And uh, you're right, there are a lot of great resources out there with uh, the colleges and, and even internships. And right. Oh, amazing, amazing. Wow. So today, um, it sounds, are you primarily doing the speaking and just a little bit of consulting? Well, it's interesting. When I sold the practice, the original thought was retirement because my husband retired about 10 years prior and was waiting for me. But I'm not the type of person that can sit around and do nothing. So I set up the above all else, my national speaking business. And I have been doing that. But what I didn't realize was the mother company that I was under was going 
willing to ask me to speak for them as well. So now I'm a paid consultant to business owners across the country, which what I'd like to say is I can sit at home in my bathrobe and make money talking <laughs> on the phone, which is nice because I yeah. coach others to do a good job for their business. And I speak for them as well. The only clients I take on now, I am still taking on the divorce clients. Mm-hmm. And those are the only clients I take on. So I testify in court for divorce, and I take on divorce clients. But once the divorce is over, then they're not my client anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's such a growing trend because I think that people are finally catching on that, that mediation might be a good way to go <laughs> rather than the costly ongoing divorce. Well, it's interesting because mediators and attorneys refer their clients to me because mm-hmm. I have specific software that shows them if they take what his attorney wants or they take what her attorney wants, what will you look like today? What will you look like five years, 10 years, 20 years from now? Because quite often, income tax is not taken into consideration on how it impacts the assets long term. So for example, if one person got the house, they could later sell it and pay no tax. And the other person got the retirement plans. Well, the house might have been worth 500000 and the retirement plan might have been worth 500000 But with the retirement plan, you're going to learn, lose about 40% in income tax. Mm. So it's, it's all of those kinds of things. And, just, and because being a certified financial planner, I know about all the investments and how they work and that kind of thing. So it enables me to really help them make sure they're getting the fair settlement that they want. Oh my goodness! So and quite many quite often I work with husband and wife because they want what's sure, there, which is nice. That is nice, and that's got to be unusual. Wow, amazing! So, Nancy, going back to mine. Set. Do you find yourself today, uh, I mean, it sounds like you've got the world by the tail. Do you still find yourself <laughs> struggling with maintaining that wonderful mindset most of the time? I don't think I ever have trouble with that. In yeah. fact, I'm on no medication for blood pressure, and my average is, I think it's like 90 over 57. Oh, it's like really my goodness. Um, I don't let things bother me. If I can't control them, I can't control them. And it's just what I can control. I'll work my butt off and make sure it happens. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a combination, I'm hearing you say, of letting go of the need to control yep. the, the things that we know we can't, which includes other people, right? Of course. Oh, you can never control somebody else. <laughs> no matter how much you think you can, you never can control somebody else. And there's a couple of... Um, Mindsets I've really come up with over the years that I pass on quite often that seems to help. One of the things I've also said is you can handle almost anything in life as long as you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and know it's not going to be forever. So no matter how difficult it is, if it's if you know it's what you need to do to get you where you want to be, you can. chances are you can do it as long as you know you don't have to do this horrible thing forever. So with every job you could possibly have, whether it's self-employment or working for someone else, there's going to be things you love and things you hate. But the difference between successful entrepreneurs and unsuccessful entrepreneurs are those that are able to make themselves do the things they know they need to do to be successful, even though they hate doing it. 
because they can see the vision in the future of where it's going to get them, and they also know that they won't have to do it forever because they could eventually hire someone else to do it or find a different way to do it. But right now, it's you, and you need to do it if you're going to be successful. Yeah, and I think that's such a valid and wonderful point. I think that people also need to understand that when the time, when that uh, that time period is up, you do need to start letting go and to be able to identify when that time is so that you can successfully let go and grow your business. We're going to be going into break here again, our last and final break, but I'm having so much fun here with Nancy Butler. And to learn more about Nancy and her business, check out Above All else.org. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Doginet.com. The Way of the Toddler, with hosts Lita and Lori Hamilton, is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen Masters in Diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible even when surrounded by poopy divers and piles of laundry, and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen masters and diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton, Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's The Million Dollar Mindset. On Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. 
Welcome back on this fabulous Monday. And I want to tell you about next week's show. I'm very excited to say that we're bringing back our favorite, wonderful astrologer, Sandy Rodek. And Sandy is going to teach us how we can look at our charts to, to really determine the best times and the best processes to use to draw abundance into our life and our, our business. Sandy's just amazing and consults with some very, very successful and wealthy business owners in this country and other countries. And so we're very fortunate to have her here next week. So do tune into that and learn more about how your birth time and place and such can can really dictate important things that you need to know about. And today we're here again with Nancy Butler. And you can find more about Nancy at her website website at aboveallelse.org. And we're just having a great time here, Nancy. Thanks so much. And we're we're looking at just some really interesting things that I didn't even know we'd get into today, but they're so fun to talk about. And, and you know, earlier in the show, Nancy, we were talking about, well, we you alluded to sales cycles. And that's something that I'm getting a lot of questions about nowadays is, is the sales funnel and the sales process. And, um, you know, I've never been a salesperson. So while some of it to me is just common sense, I know that there's a lot of learned skills and tricks and tips that a seasoned sales experienced person would have to offer. Do you have any insight for us on that prospect funnel? Uh, yeah, but I think I want to take a little different turn. Okay, go for it. And, and how to how to more efficiently figure out and run your entire business to get you where you want to be, which a lot, large part of that is your sales cycle. Yeah. Sales. So when I would say my business really took off was when I first realized that I needed to take better control of my time and the way I was running my business and my personal life. So, when I was first brought up with the point of a model week, I said, no way am I ever doing a model week. I need to be available when a client calls. I need to be available when a family member calls. I need to do what I need to do when I need to do it as it arises. And you're not going to put me into these little cubby holes of doing this at this time and that at that time until I tried it and realized it worked. <laughs> and if so the first thing you need to do is figure out three to six personal goals that you really want to accomplish within the next one to three years and three to six business goals. So when you're talking about sales cycle, look at what your income and sales are now and what is your goal for that in six months, in a year, and in three years. And you need to sit back and figure out what you need to do different than what you're doing now to get you as close to those goals as possible. And how is that ever going to happen if we're constantly being reactive to what comes across our desk or what walks in our door instead of taking control of our time? So here's what I mean by that. A day should be made up of about 80% of what I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So first is your personal time. When you have a personal day off, 80% to 100% should be personal. 
You don't take work home. You don't be on the phone. You don't be checking your BlackBerry or your emails. When you're home with family, you are with family 100%. If 20% of the day you need to pull yourself away, fine. But the other 80%, you are there in person. You are with them. Mm -hmm. 80% of your work days, you would be with clients, customers, or working on stuff. And you don't get interrupted, and you don't leave to go out to lunch with friends. I mean, you're there for work. And the yeah. third thing has got to be, and it's, and it's not number three on the list, it's just the third thing, is you need to have specific time set into your week every single week where you're not doing either of those other two things. And instead, you're working on the business. You're working on what's working well, what's not working well, what do I need to change, where do I want to go, what do I need to do to get there, and actually map out a plan and follow it. Because if you don't carve time out for that, it's never going to happen because stuff gets in the way and life gets in the way and we're too busy working in our business to work on our business. And right. that's just crucial. You've got to do that. It really is. I always say to my clients that you have to know the destination in order to get there. <laughs> exactly. And you have to have the time to plan for that destination. Yes. It doesn't happen on its own. You've got to, I mean, here's what I did for eight years, believe it or not, I put myself on a plane and I flew either to Chicago or Toronto and spent one full day out of the office doing nothing but working on my business. Wow, you went to an extreme. Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> I knew if I stuck around, I'd answer the phone, I'd get interrupted, people would need me for something. I needed to be away. I needed to be gone. Mm -hmm. And wow. that's how I got where I got. Because otherwise, I wouldn't have had the time to really think it through. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able yeah. to sit I down and really figure it out. I often suggest to my clients that they, they do, they rent a hotel room for one or two nights. It, it, just local is fine, but to get out of their environment and to do that at least quarterly. Yeah. I agree with that. And the, the one thing that'll make that even more valuable, and the only way I would do it, is if they had proper prep time prior and yep. proper time after. Oh, yeah, because we do you, our coaching sessions before they go away. We do little ones while they're away, and we do one when they come back. Exactly, because <laughs> if you don't have a plan, then you end up just fluffing off and watching TV or doing whatever, because oh, yeah, you forgot no. to bring what you need or what, if you've got yeah. to have it all planned out. Yes, yes. Really important. Plan. And, and again, if you can't tell, I'm a planner. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just plan everything to death. In fact, my husband was a planner for General Dynamics working on submarines. And so together oh we goodness. plan everything to death, which is fine. <laughs> that works Imagine out good for us. Imagine built this together. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how fun. You are mm -hmm. just a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, you just have such an amazing ability to really think big and think outside of that box. And, you know, some people do have a hard, a difficult time getting that creative. And so do you have any tips for people to really tap into that, that creative planner side? If you don't have it in you, then you need to go out and get it. 
And what I mean by that is, even to this day, I'm still out taking classes. I'm 61 years old now, and I'm still out taking classes. I was in classes all last week. And whether it be, uh, what I'm saying is, for the people that do not have that in them, to get themselves around other people that do, whether it be people in their own industry or even outside of their industry, just to be able to learn more. Whenever I went to conferences, I always made sure I never sat at the same table twice. And I never sat with people I knew because I could talk to them anytime. If I'm going to be at a conference, I'm going to sit at a different table with strangers every single time because I'm going to want to pick their brains and let them pick mine so that we can learn from each other. And frankly, I learned more from those people than any of the speakers that were at any of these conferences. Uh-huh. You really do. Because they're the you ones You really do. I it. was just um, fortunate enough a couple of weeks ago to be asked by, I write for Inc. Magazine, and mm-hmm. uh, they asked me to cover Tori Johnson's Spark and Hustle Tour. And so I went to the full weekend of her event, and I'll tell you what, that's kind of my theory, too, is you just don't sit with the same people. So when you come back from lunch, you try a different table. I have never had such a difficult time trying to get people to move. I know. I know. We're all creatures like, okay, of habit, everybody aren't we? split up. You've been at this table all day long. Let's move. Yes, I completely agree. It's, it's hard to get. Well, and see, and that's a real strong mindset that applies to business, too. Because if you're used to doing something a certain way and you will not change and step out of the box, the old adage, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten if you keep doing what you've always done. And that's what happens. And we've got to step out of that box. Well, you know, that brings, that's, that's interesting now that you say that. And I say that out loud when I think about this particular event is really most suited to, uh, startups and what I call slow to starts. And so you're right. Most of the people there weren't, um, you know, business owners yet. They were aspiring business owners. And so maybe that's why it was more difficult to get that movement going. I don't know. Well, the other problem is most of us start a business. Because we know about or like what it is we're going into business for. So if you like Mm -hmm. making cakes, you have a cake shop. If you like doing whatever, that's what you do. But nobody's taught us how to run a successful business. We know how to do what we do, but we don't know how to run a successful business. Hire, fire, train, all of those kinds of things and just systems and all of that. And, And for everything on those lines that you don't know, there are experts out there that do. And right. it's a matter of getting yourself in front of the right people at the right time. Chamber of Commerce has training. Adult education classes are very inexpensive for training. Go to conferences. There's so many ways you can learn. You just have to get out there and want to do it. Mm-hmm. Nancy, we have about a minute left in the show. And with that said, I'm wondering if you have any advice on mentors and approaching someone that you believe would be an amazing mentor. Hmm. So if you, you mean for somebody who's starting up their own business but knows yeah. of someone yeah. else who's done it and wants to approach them to kind of help yeah. them and coach them along? First thing mm-hmm. I would yes. think of before I would do that, and again from the sales point of view, what is it I can offer them? Yes. Why should they do that for me? I'm taking their time. I'm taking their energy. What can I give back? So think about maybe whatever business it is that you're in that you can offer them something. So, I mean, 
this is just off to the side because it's the only thing I can think of at the moment. Yeah, but, no, don't mean to maybe, put you on the spot. But maybe what I'm saying is maybe if it was my industry, you would offer free financial plan for mm-hmm. somebody who's already um, out there owning their own business or something. But think about what you can give them and then approach them on how you can make it a good teaming arrangement on how it can be helpful and beneficial for both of you. Or maybe you belong to an organization and you can invite them to come as a guest and it would oh, be helpful Oh, that's a good them. idea too. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Nancy, for being here with us today. As you are so welcome. It was wonderful. Privilege above Aboveallelse.org, folks. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if you